Welcome to Swarupa Vidya Ashram. My name is Swami Nirmalananda. Each audio is a discourse that I offered at a satsang, a free meditation program, and was followed by meditation. These teachings address the underlying questions of life. Who am I? Why am I here? How do I do what I came here to do? I went to my guru with these same questions while he gave me the teachings I share here. Most importantly, he gave me the inner experience they describe. This is why I teach, to share the same with you, both the theory and the inner experience of your own inherent divinity. The bliss of consciousness is your birthright. Meditate and discover that you are greater than you could ever imagine. Om Namah Shivaya Gurave Satchidananda Murtaye Nishpapanchaya Shantaya Niralambaya Tejase Muktanandaya Gurave Shisha Samsara Harane Bhakta Kayaika Dehaya Namaste Chitsaratmane Heja Veja Gatameva Samsara Nava Setave Prabhave Sarva Vidyanam Shambhave Gurave Namaha Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Devo Maheshvara Guru Sakshat Parabrahma Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Om Svarupa Svasvabhava Namo Namaha Om I bow to my own self. I bow to my Baba's own self. I bow to his Baba's own self. I bow to your own self, your own essence, your own isness, your own shivaness. Again and again I bow. Om Swarupa Swaswa Bhava Namo Namaha. Halloween and All Saints Day. Which do you want to celebrate? A day dedicated to ghouls, vampires, and witches? Or a day dedicated to saints? October 31st is Halloween. And November 1st is All Saints Day. Oh. And November 2nd is All Souls Day. That's for everyone. Now we're headed in the right direction. In Baba's ashram, I had a friend named Fran. Only later did I find out that she was the creator of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She had spent years creating the movie, then the television series. No wonder she needed to go stay in an ashram. Do you really want to fill your mind with this stuff? You know, there's a reason the Catholic Church has a sacrament called exorcism. 
What are you letting into your mind? Maybe you're not into vampires, zombies, and other types of ghouls. Instead, you fill your mind with negative things that other people do or did, even self-harming or harmful. Do you fill your mind with this stuff? And especially if it happened a year ago or a decade ago or longer, how long do you want to carry those demons around inside? What are you doing to your mind? I prefer to talk about All Saints Day. All Saints. Wow. Let's start with the Catholic Church. They have saint days. Every day is a holy day to some saint or another. However, they have more saints than days in the year. In 1969, they trimmed down their list of saints by removing almost 100 of them. But the current list still has 1,550. Wikipedia has a note that they know the list is incomplete, asking for help to complete it. How many saints are there? And what about other religions? Are there saints in Judaism and Islam, in Buddhism, in Hinduism? What about Native Americans and other indigenous peoples? Yes, they have different terminology, but they all have ways to honor the holy persons within their own tradition. And coming up soon is All Saints Day. This is a day worth celebrating. I went through a period in my sadhana where I read the biographies of saints, saints of all traditions. I got so much from it. I learned about sanctification, about embodied divinity, about the power of choice and what a life dedicated to God looks like. These are real people who opened themselves to the divine reality by whatever means their tradition described. They got so much and they gave so much. And there were probably very many who were never recognized in any formal way. Still, I think that the people who knew them knew that they were special. What is a saint? What is a saint? Yoga says a saint is one who knows the divine. But where does that knowing reside? It's an inner knowing. That's the only way of knowing anything you know, you know inside. So this divine reality that you know, where does it exist? Is it in the sky? Yes. Is it in the air? Yes. Is it in the water? Yes. Is it in the earth? Yes. And the squirrels and the trees? Yes. And the people? Yes. There is nowhere that the divine reality is missing. That's what all pervasive means, pervading all. So if the knowing is inside and the divine pervades all, then where is the divine located? It's very simple. One plus one equals two. 
or in this case, one plus one equals the infinity of your own divinity. This is how yoga describes it. Chidananda Rupa, Shivoham, Shivoham. My true form is Chidananda, the bliss of consciousness. Shivoham, I am Shiva. Shivoham. And if you don't know yourself yet, not all the time. And if you don't live in the bliss of consciousness yet, not all the time. What's the best way to get there? Baba said, if you want to become a Siddha, a realized master, you have to spend enough time with the Siddha. Really? Just spending time with a saint makes you more saintly? Yes. He described it this way. If you keep the company of a saint, your inner being changes. If you go to a saint, you don't remain the way you were before. You are changed and you find a state of happiness within yourself. How does this happen? When I was a kid, every month or so, we'd drive an hour to go visit extended family. Along the highway, there was a building with a really high tower on top of it and a flashing light on the very top. It was a radio antenna installed on top of the building that housed a radio station. As we drove by, whatever radio station was playing got blasted out. First, as we got within a half mile or so from the antenna, we'd get a lot of static. Then as we drove by, we got the station broadcasting through that antenna. That was all you could get. And as we drove away, the static would start up again. And finally, we'd be back on the station that had been playing before. A saint is like that. Your usual stuff gets blasted out. How great. I get to see the changes in your face as your eyes open up and your skin softens. I see the change in your breathing as your breath opens up and your posture straightens. You smile more easily. You even laugh at some of my little jokes. And your heart is lifted. By the end of the meditation, your eyes are shining with inner light. This is called consciousness imprints. It's the subject of my teachings article this month. Consciousness imprints on your mind, just like anything else will imprint. But when you spend time with one who lives in consciousness, their vibe blasts everything else out of you. How fortunate you are. And then you drive away. And you grab back for all the static and the stuff you're used to listening to inside and try to go back to the way you were, but you're changed. I figured out early on that having an hour a week with my guru was not enough for me to overcome the other seven days of mind stuff. I needed more consciousness imprints. So I placed myself in his proximity. I moved in and spent as many hours a day with him physically as possible, often five or six hours a day sitting with him or chanting with him or meditating with him. It was glorious. And just like he promised, my inner being changed. I didn't remain the way I was before. I was changed. And I found a state of happiness within myself 
better than mere happiness, deep, centered, grounded, infinite, and blissful. Thank you, Baba. He had sat with his guru. He was just one of the yogis who did this with Bhagavan Nityananda. Many attained enlightenment by sitting at Nityananda's feet. Some of them taught and had disciples. That living lineage stretches down the line toward us, but it also branches out in multiple directions. A great being makes other beings great, and they share it unto the next generation. This is described in the Shiva Sutras, chapter 1, verse 18. Lokananda Samadhis who come. In every moment, the yogi experiences the bliss of consciousness and transmits this experience to those who come into contact with him. That was my experience of sitting with Baba. I'll compare it to sitting in the sun. You get warm, you'll get suntan, maybe even freckled or burnt. You get warmed to your bones maybe even hot and sweaty, whatever. If you sit in the sun, you will be affected. Similarly, when you spend time with a master, you will be affected. Now, this should not be surprising. You are affected by everyone you spend time with. I had a conversation with a team member at Home Depot the other day. I still remember his face. He asked about two of us wearing matching colors, so we explained that we're swamis. He was very sincere and earnest. He touched my heart. All while I was looking at pink colors. Your mind is imprinted by the things you expose to it. Your mind is imprinted by the things you emphasize through constant repetition, reviewing the past and speculating about your future. What are you imprinting in your mind? And on Halloween, what are the imprints? Halloween started off as a hallowed evening, a holy night, the night before All Saints Day. In the Middle Ages, celebrations of religious days always began the night before, like many churches do these days with Christmas Eve services. Thus, October 31st was Hallow's Eve. You can even see where the name came from, Hallow's Eve, Halloween. It was the first of three holy days called All Hallowtide. In addition to honoring the saints, it was a time to pray for departed souls. They had parades where mourners wore black and rang bells for their dear departed ones. In some places, people dressed up as saints and put on plays. In the 1500s, Britain withdrew from the Roman Catholic Church and proclaimed their own church. Ceremonies associated with the saints and praying for lost souls were abolished. But still, people wanted to have their parades, to ring bells and have their feasts and parties. Instead of carving pumpkins, they carved turnips hollowing them out for a candle and cutting out eyes and a mouth, and then they put them on a stick and carried them in the parades. Over time, the focus turned to the lost souls, to the ones who couldn't find their way to the next realm. It became about ghosts 
and even imitating malignant spirits, which led to playing pranks. All this came to America with the immigrants in the 1800s and grew into what we see today. Halloween is the biggest holiday in America after Christmas. Americans spend $10 billion on Halloween every year. Not on Valentine's Day. Not on Giving Tuesday. Not on Mother's Day or Father's Day. Halloween. Why? As a yogi, I see two reasons. The first is people love to pretend they are someone else. It's a chance to be someone famous, like Elvis, one of the most popular costumes this year, or Avril Lavigne. Another big one is Eleven from Stranger Things. Oh, wait, we're back at horror movies. Why do people want to dress up like they're someone else? Of course, it can be fun, but there are lots of fun things you can do. So why is this so popular? Bottom line, it's because you're not having such a good time being you. While you've had many wonderful things in your life, and probably have many now, that's not what your mind focuses on. The litany running through your mind is not uplifting. That's one of the reasons I keep pushing mantra on you. Do more mantra. Do more mantra. Do more mantra. Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Shivaya. I'm not a drug pusher. I'm a mantra pusher. <laughs> do more mantra. Do more mantra. Do more mantra. Om Namah Shivaya. 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 For Halloween, maybe you could dress up as the mantra. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you could dress up like a saint like they used to do in the 12th century. I mean, if you're going to be someone else, even just for an evening, be someone worth being. What's the second reason that people love Halloween? Some people, not everyone, but some people like scary things. A yogic text explains this. Kshuta dhyante bhaye shoke gavare varana drute. This is from the Vinyana Bhairava, 118. At the commencement and end of a sneeze, in terror, in sorrow, in the condition of a deep sigh, or at the occasion of flight from the battlefield, during keen curiosity, at the commencement or end of hunger, your state is like that of Brahman, the ultimate. Let's look at some of these items in the list. At the commencement and end of a sneeze, maybe that's why we say, God bless you, in terror, in sorrow. In the condition of a deep sigh, I even teach this one sometimes, especially in beginning meditation classes. Or on the occasion of flight from the battlefield, how scary is the battlefield? And how scared do you have to be to run away? And there are others in the sutra, but right now we're focusing on terror. 
in that experience, your state is like that of Brahman, scared out of your wits, to be beside yourself, scared out of your mind. You're not you anymore. And when the usual limiting thoughts and way of holding yourself is gone, you experience a vastness, even a depth and beingness that is captivating, intoxicating, even bliss-filled. This is your own self. I would like to help you find a healthier way to get there and easier. Shema Raja describes this process in his commentary. Whenever the ordinary normal consciousness receives a sudden jolt or shock, it is thrown back to its inmost depth and comes in contact with spanda, the pulsation of the deepest consciousness, the source of his own being. It is a sudden and momentary state but if that person is wide awake, he clings to it. Yes, when you experience your inmost depth, the source of your being, cling to it. Instead of clinging to your old way of being, cling to God, cling to self, cling to freedom, root deep into the inner infinity. The tantrics gave us this verse because they say basically anything that works, anything that will give you the experience of self, let's do it. The whole point is to get free from the limited way you've been seeing yourself and being yourself and discover the greater reality within. Yet I do prefer a kinder process, one with music and candles and flowers and loving descriptions of your own being and your own future. But terror works too. So I got to know Fran Kazui a little bit, the creator of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She was inspired by the ideal of an empowered woman. She was one. And she wanted the world to make space for women to become whatever they would choose. And she did have an influence in that direction. Yet I knew she'd started a trend that would drag the world down, inviting hate and spite and violence, which has been on the rise now for years. She didn't want to hear it. So I'll tell you to renounce vampires and zombies, along with ghouls and demons and witches and the like. Don't fill your mind with that stuff. And don't fill your mind with your own personal equivalents. Fill your mind with consciousness. Help your mind discover the light of your own being so it can shine through your mind all the time. Do more mantra. Do more mantra. Do more mantra. Om Namah Shivaya. 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 There I go, pushing the mantra again. It's only because I care. I don't like to see you down. I don't like to see you stressed, shaken, churning, and disturbed. And I know, you may not know, but I know that you have a choice. 
yet you're the one who has to make it. Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Shivaya. So Halloween is coming. And I'll be delighted to give out candy to the trick-or-treaters. I'm not going to try and fight hundreds of years of history, but remember, the next day is All Saints Day. Now that's something worth contemplating. How many saints do you know? And how long before you become one? Om Swarupa Swaswa Bhava Namo Namah.